everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Heidi St. John podcast. Today is Wednesday, February the 6th. It's the first day that I'm going to be talking about the Bible study that we are going through at Mom Strong International for the month of February. The study is called Unconditional, a love for the ages. We're going to talk about what real love looks like. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I hope you guys are doing good on this Wednesday. We are doing great over here. February is off to a bang at the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center in Vancouver, Washington, where we spend quite a bit of our time. (laughs) Uh, We have been encouraged just to see what God is doing. Part of my passion in bringing this podcast to you every week is to encourage you to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And we have had quite a battle raging here in Vancouver, as I know it has been around the country with the so-called Drag Queen Story Hour. And I want to just give you guys an update on what's going on with that. First of all, uh, I was for lack of a better word, very disappointed to see that our library, which I've taken my seven children to over many, many years, we love the library. Uh, We've taken our kids there and I've noticed that the library has become subjugated to an agenda. And that agenda is to push the false truth of tolerance and an unbiblical definition of love and sex onto our children, really sexualizing them at a very young age. And so I took a stand about it uh, in our in our neck of the woods here in Vancouver. And I told you I was roundly criticized by people who called me a bigot and a, a hater. And it, I don't know, do they call you a drag? Do they say you have drag queen phobia? What would you call that? I don't even know. But transphobia, the whole thing. Phobia, by the way, is an irrational fear. Can I just say my fear is not irrational. My fear is completely irrational that we are actually taking our kids into something I believe to be completely irrational, and that is this delusion that they can be something other than God has created them to be. And so one of the uh, one of the women that works at the library messaged me a few days ago, and she said basically, and I'm just paraphrasing because it was very long, she said, this is your fault because you called attention to this. If you had just been quiet, people wouldn't have known about it. Well, I would like to say, I think that that is what the culture, this culture that is demonizing Christians and pushing the sexual agenda onto our children, that's what they want us to do. They want us to be quiet. And parents, can I just encourage you, if this is happening in your neck of the woods, get off the bench. These are our children that we're talking about. I was informed that the funding of Drag Queen Story Hour is coming from outside the library. But if you go to the American Library Association, a quick search of their website will reveal that they have an agenda that is far greater than just making books available to your children. And so I don't have time to go into the whole thing today, but can I just ask you to pray? for our libraries, pray for the parents that are seeing this come to their area, that we would have grace and that we would be bold, that we'd be the people that God has asked us to be, that we would get off the bench and onto the battlefield for the sake of our children. Do not be quiet. That's what they're hoping you'll do. And uh, we have a very wrong understanding of love because we've We've come so far as a culture away from God's word. And so what we're doing for the month of February, remember, we started Mom Strong International a year ago with the goal of addressing what's happening in the culture in real time. In other words, we write the Bible studies about a month or sometimes two months in advance 
with the hope that whatever's happening in the culture, we can address it in real time in the Bible study and take you back to the Bible. And so that's what we're going to do with the topic of love for the month of February. You can join it. It's not too late to join. Actually, this is a great time. Uh, the studies are only $2 a week. They're meaty. They're based 100% on scripture. They're beautifully illustrated. You can download them, study them in a group. You can become a, a study leader at momstronginternational.com. There are forums over there. As I've told you many times, um, we continue to be censored and blocked on Facebook, and we are moving farther and farther away from social media and moving our platforms over to my blog, HeidiStJohn.com, and over to MomStrong International. So that's where you can find us. I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction to what we're talking about over at MomStrong International. This is just a snippet of what we're studying. So if you want to go further into this topic, download the Bible study and we'll walk you through it. We want to teach you how to study and know God's word for yourself, right? Uh, Timothy said that we should study to know the word of God, that we'd be a workman who does not need to be ashamed, who rightly divides the word of truth. That's why we teach the word at MomStrong International. That's why I spend so much of my time out on the road with my family, teaching you how to study and know God's word for yourself. And so as we talk about this, this, um, area of love and what real love is, I'm going to start you out in Psalm 103, verses 10 to 12. It says, He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our iniquities. In other words, he hasn't hasn't repaid us like we deserve to be repaid. He's not repaid us according to our sin. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his faithful love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions or our sins from us. Before we get into this any further, let's come before the Father in prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that we can come into your courts with thanksgiving and praise. And we want to thank you, Father, that you did not leave us alone. You left us with your Holy Spirit and you've left us with your word, the Bible. As we talk about what your love looks like and what unconditional love looks like, and we contrast it to the love of this world today, Father, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, that the words that come out of my mouth would be an encouragement to everyone who listens, and that our hearts would be drawn back toward you. Lord, we pray for this nation. Father, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you protect the children that are going to our libraries and are being inundated with what you say will hurt them. Father, give us boldness. Your word says in the Psalms that because of the hope that we have in you, we can be bold. And I pray, Father, that you would give us that boldness today as we study your unconditional love, which really is a love for the ages. Thank you, Father, for this podcast. Thank you for my husband who so faithfully engineers it. And I pray your continued protection over everything that we do to advance the gospel. We love you, Lord. May our lights shine before men. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. First of all, what appeals to us about romance, about being swept off our feet? I think it's the desire to be fully known and cherished exactly as we are by someone who will never let us down. So has that happened for you guys yet? Have you been, have you, have you uh, fallen in love with someone who's never let you down? My hunch is that you haven't. But we're always looking for that kind of love, right? Not only do we want to be loved beyond measure, we'd like it to do that without letting our walls down, without really letting someone see the dirt on our pantry floor. Basically, what we're saying is, love me just like I am, 
forever. So if we step away from the concept of romance and just go to the plain old desire to be loved, we all crave having someone moving through the daily rhythm of life with us, like sharing the simple joys, discovering cheap gas when the car is on empty, or celebrating five days in a row at the gym. I'm, I actually celebrate when I do two days in a row. <laughs> some of us are at a spot where we'd give our eye teeth for some alone time, and I totally get it. So I know there's a mom listening to this right now who's just like, nope, I don't need that. I just need some time alone, right? Others of us are desperately lonely. And sweet friends, I want to encourage you. You are loved. You are loved with an everlasting love. And you may not understand this love, but I promise you the Bible teaches us that you're desperate for it. We all are. God said that he created us to be in relationship with the creator. And until that relationship is secure and growing, we are going to have a hole in our hearts that nothing else can fill. It's a vacuum that was created and made for a relationship with our creator. And as we study it this month at, at MomStrong International, and actually even in the Digging Deeper section, we're going to teach you how to study the Bible so it can come alive to you. Because the more we learn how to study God's word, the more equipped we will be to recognize the counterfeit teachings that the world is trying to feed us. And lots of people are writing about the topic of love today, right? Psychology Today wrote an article that describes seven types of love. And so I'm gonna go over them with you. I'm not gonna go super deep into all seven types of those love, all seven types of love, because I want you to go over to MomStrong International and and soak it in for yourself. Really sit down, find a quiet place and... uh, really ask the Lord to speak to you because there is confusion everywhere right now in the culture. The culture has speaking so erroneously about love today and the enemy is waging an onslaught against the truest forms of love. Have you seen it? There's sexual confusion everywhere, gender disorientation, gender dysphoria. It's on the rise because people don't know that they're loved by their creator just the way he made them. So this month at MomStrong International and at the podcast, we're going to dive into real love. We're going to find out what God's word says about all these kinds of love. And he says a lot. So fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to give you just a little bit, just a shot of what we're studying at MomStrong International this month. So there are two Greek words that define love, and they're all over the New Testament. And these are the kinds of loves we want to imitate, phileo love and agape love. And there are five other types of love that we find in various relationships, and God speaks to all of them. So God's word is not irrelevant to what you're facing right now. God's word is relevant. So we're going to study to find out what he says about love. The first kind of love is phileo, right? And this is the kind that if you've been walking with God for very long, if you grew up in Awana, (laughs) you heard about phileo love, right? It's an affection. It's a deep kind of love. It's companionship. Phileo is a love that responds to kindness, appreciation, or just straight up love. It's devotion that's based on emotion. But check it out. It's also conditional because it responds to love that's given. Did you get that? It responds to love that's given. Bruce Hurt, who's the creator of Precept Austin, says that phileo love is used to describe the love of the Father and the Son, Jesus and Peter, Jonathan and David, and even Judas to Jesus. So as we study it, we're going to study a little bit more about what phileo love looks like. But I want to focus for just a second on John chapter 16, verse 27. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me, and I have believed that I came forth from the Father. 
So phileo is also the word that's used for love here. Phileo is a good, worthy love. And our Heavenly Father tenderly loves us in response to us loving Jesus. It's conditional. It's a response to our actions. The next kind of love is agape love. This is the noblest word in the Greek language for love. We talk about this in the church all the time, right? Agape is a willful devotion, not because of the merit or worth of the person that you're loving, but it originates on its own God-given nature. It delights in giving. This love keeps on loving even when the loved one is unresponsive, unkind, unlovable, unworthy. Agape is unconditional love, and it desires only the good of the one loved. It's a consuming passion for the well-being of others. This is what drives or what should drive us in the church to serve one another. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 to 11, the word used here for love is agape. And if you read it again and substitute unconditional love every time you see the word love, you're going to see what God's exhortation is to us. So I'm going to read for just a second 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 to you. It says, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. Now I'm going to read it again and I'm going to substitute the word phileo. Remember, we just talked about that a second ago. Phileo is this deeply affectionate love. It speaks of companionship, but it's also conditional. So let's substitute it for just a second. We have come to know and have believed the phileo which God has for us. God is phileo and the one who abides in phileo abides in God and God abides in him. Now, if you read it and you, and you substitute conditional, affectionate, brotherly love in the place of love, you understand what he's saying. We have come to know that we have believed the conditional, affectionate, brotherly love which God has for us. God is conditional, affectionate, brotherly love. And the one who abides in in conditional, affectionate, brotherly love abides in God and God abides in him. Now let's substitute the word agape. Remember I told you this is the unconditional love, all right? So if you substitute the word agape, you're gonna say, we have come to know and have believed the agape, that's that unconditional love which God has for us. God is agape. This is the kind of love he is. The one who abides in agape abides in God and God abides in him. Now, Let's read it and substitute what agape means. It's unconditional, willful, means on purpose love. So we have come to know and have believed the unconditional, on purpose love, which God has for us. God is unconditional, willful love. And the one who abides in that unconditional, on purpose love abides in God and God abides in him. I wonder how different our lives would be if phileo was the word that God has spoken here, but it's not. It's agape love, agape love springing from a sense of the preciousness of the object of God's affection. The next kind of love is eros. Eros is defined by several dictionaries as sexual love or desire. This is the love we see focused on most often in the culture right now. It's an overmastering passion. It seizes and absorbs itself into the mind. It's an emotional involvement that's based on our body chemistry. So of course, that makes it what kind of love? Conditional love, right? It's going to look for what it can receive and it gives in order to receive. So this exact Greek word is interestingly absent from the Bible. But this kind of love is spoken about both in and out of marriage. 
So we can remember, right, our first kiss, right? And the sexual love that is spoken of as a healthy part of heterosexual marriage, but it's not just called eros directly in the Bible. Again, Bruce Hurt of Precept Austin says, in marriage, eros makes us lovers and phileo makes us dear friends. He continues by noting that the agape love that we display in marriage isn't humanly possible except by divine enablement. Can I get a witness? Anybody been married more than five minutes? Praise God for giving us his spirit to love our husbands well. That comes from the Lord. It absolutely comes from him. So I want to just talk to the women right now for just a second. If you're single or widowed and you're studying along with us and you're studying love and you're reading the verses and I'm skipping through a whole bunch because I'm just trying to give you the highlights of the study. There's a whole bunch more in here that I'm not, I don't have time to read because I've got three minutes left. (laughs) But I just want to encourage you. Isaiah 54 chapter four says, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Isaiah 58, verse 11, he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I hope that ministers to you, precious single mom, or those of you who feel alone in your marriage. God says he wants to, he delights in satisfying you. This is his heart for you. It's part of the agape love that God has for each and every one of us. Storge is a Greek word that speaks of familial affection. So moms, you guys know what this is about, right? We're familiar with this. This is the love of a mother for her child. It's also conditional, which is a little bit heartbreaking, but also a stark reminder that we need God's agape love that flows through us like a river. Storge is not a love that's restricted to Christ followers. We see this all over. We see it in non-Christian families too, right? So this word for love is not specifically referenced in the New Testament, but we can see the blessing of family love throughout the Bible. The next kind of love, I'm gonna camp out on it for just a second. It's called ludus. It's a Latin word that speaks of a playful or an uncommitted love. This is really what I want you to hear. The uncommitment part is what I want you to hear. According to Psychology Today, Well, let's just look at it for a second because psychology, there's an article about these kinds of love. And I want you to look at the facts of Ludus, this particular kind of love. Ludus, according to psychology today, all right, this is not the Bible. So everybody don't misunderstand. Ludus can involve activities such as teasing and dancing or more overt flirting, seducing, conjugating. So women, men, this is not biblical love, all right? They go on to say the focus is on fun and sometimes also on conquest with no strings attached, going back to that uncommitment, right? That lack of commitment. Ludus relationships are casual, undemanding, and uncomplicated. And for all that, they can be very long lasting. Listen, anytime you have sex outside of marriage, it's going to be complicated. So for psychology to say it's uncomplicated, eh, I disagree. Ludus works best. When both parties are mature and self-sufficient, I love this. I love this. So uncommitted <laughs> uncommitted love works best when both parties are mature and self-sufficient. Listen, if we portray that maturity equals the ability to handle this kind of unbiblical love as if it's good, we got problems. Like my son said, you got some sort of problem. Yes, we do. We don't understand God's definition of love. We're substituting it with this ludus, this Latin word for uncommitted love. The article goes on to say problems arise when one party mistakes ludus for eros, whereas ludus is in fact much more compatible 
with philea. Women, <laughs> men, listen up. Problems arise the moment both, both parties decide that the word love can be in the same sentence with uncommitted. Ludus is compatible only with temptation and sin. Are you guys picking up what I'm putting down? God has given us clear instructions on when sex is good, and it's not good in uncommitted relationships. The Bible says that sex is good when, you guys know the answer to this, inside a marriage. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, marriage should be honored by all, the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. God's not messing around with his definition of sex like we are. The NASB says marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. I want to read uh, this out of the message for you because I want you to see, well, part of the reason why I don't use the message for study. All right, so this is what the message is going to take, that Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, and this is what it says. Honor the marriage and guard the sacredness of sexual intimacy between husband and wife. God draws a firm line against casual and illicit sex. Uh. God draws a firm line. The Bible says God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. That's more than a firm line. To me, that's God saying, hey, don't do that. Big problems going to come. Big problems. So I want you to think about what God says sex is appropriate to be enjoyed inside of marriage, right? And we studied farther in the study about why this is why this is true, what's the purpose that God has called us. And and uh, I'm going to ask you just to to get in there and open your Bible for yourself. And I'm asking you a question also, and I want you to think about this with me for just a second in the, in the few uh, moments that we have left here. Why do you think that unbelievers are falling a prey to this lie, to this lie that we can, we can exist in ludus, this, this uh, playful, uncommitted love? Why? The answer is because they do not know God. We're going to talk about this a little bit more next Monday. And I'm going to take you to a couple of teachings from Charles Spurgeon. But before you get all uh, high and mighty and on your high horse and all judgy, listen, it's so easy for us to point fingers at the culture. But remember, before you had your eyes open, before you repented of your own sin, you didn't know any better either. And so we want to talk about how we can speak the truth in love. All right. The last, uh, the last two kinds of love, which I don't have time to go into today, are pragma. And if you look up the definition of pragmatic, uh, you'll get it, right? Uh, that's another kind of love. And then the last one is philoshua. It's a self-love. And I'm going to save this one for week four as we study this, because we're going to examine what it looks like to love ourselves, meaning we give thanks to God for the way that he made us and we take care of ourselves in an effort to do that. So I want to ask you how you can love the way God wants you to love this week. How can we love each other without hypocrisy? How can we cherish each other with a brotherly love that God has asked us to use? God loves us unconditionally. He loves us just the way we are. Let's pour out his goodness all over people and love others well as our praise to God.
I want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast today. If you've got questions about MomStrong International, shoot us an email, podcast at thebusymom.com. Dive into the February study with us. We've, we've got all kinds of material for you to study over there. Also, you can find other resources from HeidiStJohn.com. We have a brand new series of necklaces out today to illustrate the warfare that you are in. Beautifully handcrafted sterling silver arrows, a quiver, some awesome t-shirts. One of them says he trains my hands for battle right out of the Psalms. Join us, get off the bench and onto the battlefield by learning and applying the word of God to your everyday lives. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.